Welcome to a brand new episode of The Witching Hour. I feel like in a sense this is kind of the first episode of 2021, even though it's not. Because last time we recapped our favorite movies of 2020. Yeah. Well, this is the first episode we actually taped in 2021. That's for dang sure. And it's the first episode that focuses on 2021 releases. So what I said is somewhat accurate. (laughs) And Haley, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, I'm all right. How are you? All right. Happy New Year to everybody out there, too. Welcome to to 2021. Keeping our our fingers crossed for better things to come. I wear cat ears now if I want to. I mean, that's not the worst. I just dress like I'm in Cobra Kai every single day. Oh, nice. You've got Cobra Kai. I've got some justice for Jennifer's body. Oh, yes. Yes. I think our our wardrobes are on point today. Yes, we're high fashion as always. Do you want to see how I spent my New Year's Eve? Mm Mm-hmm. Shit got crazy because I built that on New Year's Eve. (laughs) Wow. That was my thrilling night. I think I was asleep by like 10 which is embarrassing but what what is there to do who cares and i don't like that it's not my holiday anyway i don't understand why you want to start the new year hungover it doesn't make sense well yeah i mean i did kind of start the new year hungover because i i drank a lot on the first of the year but i feel like on new year's eve usually the crazy celebrations are overrated but there is there is something about being awake at midnight like when the year changes over that I do find fun and thrilling. I like the countdown part. Well, good. I'm glad that you do. I don't, I don't know. Maybe the internet has ruined it for me because I'm like, well, this already happened around the world like 12 hours ago. I can understand that. All right. So we've got some stuff to cover right now. We're going to run through as many releases as we possibly can. As many releases that we're aware of at this given moment, we all know there's a lot of uncertainty in the industry right now. So, you know, things have moved around. We don't 100% know about some of these release dates. There's a chance that some of them can move. So just keep it all in mind. But this is what we have at the moment for you. And there's also, there's going to be, I think, surprises in there. Like when, if you go back and watch last year's of this well, first of all, it'll have a lot of the same movies, but uh, <laughs> but also it would not have had host, for example, total surprise. Uh, so I'm sure that we will have lots of delightful surprises in this year as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. We're kicking this list off with something that's on VOD right now, Climate of the Hunter. Have you watched yeah. it, Molly? I have seen this one. Yeah. It's sort of like a, I don't, like a retro stylized vampire relationship drama thriller it's uh very i'm not finding the right word for it well first of all it's very dialogue driven so if you're into that kind of thing then you will probably enjoy because it is mostly conversations and slightly vampiric undertones uh and also if you are really into like the 70s aesthetic that, that sort of grindhouse-looking aesthetic and with a little bit of glam going on. It's fun. It's, it is very talky. If that's not your thing, it's probably not mm-hmm. for you. But it, it's a fun one to check out. Can I ask a follow-up question? Fun in what sense? Because as you were describing it as talky, I'm like, hmm, so is it a little slow? I think when I say... No, I, just, I don't, And I don't know why I just assume talky equals slow either. That doesn't feel fair. 
it is kind of talking slow that is fair maybe but it it's fun in the style sense i think it's a little bit cheeky uh it's a little bit campy like a lot of talky dramas take themselves super seriously this one is not going for that vibe i don't know you know sometimes it could be like quick talky fun (laughs) that's true Uh, no it's just it's more i think it's like a good if you're into aesthetic it's a good one to check out okay next one here i think you've seen this one as well january 14th is hunted i have seen this one as well um hunted yes i saw this at fantasia film festival last year oh my gosh that was so long ago it just occurred to me how long whoa uh okay fair enough world but it, it, it's a pretty basic setup survival thriller. Just a woman is being hunted by a crazy killer guy in the woods. And it's working with some little red writing mm. imagery. Little red writing. I didn't even. Why I, got, I got it. Let me write a word. <laughs> uh, I know what you were saying. But yeah, it's um, it's effective. It's very. This one is pretty self-serious, I would say. It's not a very cheeky, playful movie. It's taking itself pretty seriously. It's pretty artsy, but it is really effective at that whole fuck I'm in the woods and there's a crazy man chasing me vibe. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I watched the trailer for this one and, you know, it it was fine kind of thing. I don't think it did anything to uh, add any urgency to see it. I think the main draw to this one for me is that it's a shutter release. And as far as their originals go, I trust the curation. So if yeah. something's a shutter release, I'll probably be open to watching it. And I think it may, it has a good home on shutter. It totally makes sense. And I will say that, that um, my vibe is obviously not like over enthused. You have to watch this movie immediately, but it does have some really effective survival horror scenes. Um, in Ooh. particular, if you do watch it, there's one at like a campfire setting that I thought was just very effective. I do like me some uh, survival horror. You do. <laughs> Backcountry. <laughs> That's the uh, the gift that keeps on giving, huh? Yes. <laughs> All right. Speaking, I guess this is kind of. Nah, it's not really survival horror in the same sense. I'm going to wrong the wrong turn reboot next. What a what a peculiar thing and release. I yeah. I it's it's doing like a one night fathom event screening, I think in theaters. I don't um and that's very soon to be going to a theater. Um I wonder if that's still the plan. Fair enough. I, I would I kind of what the latest is. But that is a that is a little franchise that just keeps trucking along, and I find that a point of fascination. I actually think it is still the plan. There was a there was a clip release. Tickets are on sale. Yeah, tickets were recently made available by Fathom. Very very peculiar. All right, I'll personally be waiting and not risking my life to go see a Wrong Turn reboot. And yeah. I encourage y'all to do the same. I don't have all that much interest in this period, <laughs> like regardless of the release strategy. I, f- I feel like I liked the wrong, the first wrong turn movie, mm-hmm. mainly because of the age that I was at and the types of things <laughs> that I liked to see at the time. You know, it's not necessarily something that holds up and I had absolutely no interest in watching any of the sequels. So this isn't really something that I've been itching to see. I, I would have to agree. I did see some of the sequels, and they're exactly what you'd expect. And, uh, well, I can't speak for all of them. I saw two. But 
I do find it a figure of fascination just because this really indie horror franchise just won't stop. It can't be stopped seemingly. And that's very interesting to me. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> like I never had a bunch of money or big studios, but it's just like this random thing that just keeps going. I love keeps that. Keeps on going. Yeah. I actually think I have seen the second one now that you say it. <laughs> And I feel like the reason that I haven't seen the others probably speaks to how I felt about that second one. Also, the fact that you didn't remember you saw it. Always says yeah. I feel like I have a very hard time not seeing a franchise through. And it usually means something when, when there's like a dead stop somewhere. <laughs> it's like you, I feel like you might know this. Like, I think Human Centipede's a good movie. But I then think- I saw Human Centipede 2 and it was just, fuck that shit, I'm out. I never watched that. That was uh, the second one. I was like, I'm good. It's it's crossing a major line. I know that the first one is extremely grotesque, but I still think it's a fairly well-made movie. Was it like a situation like Magic Mike XXL, except that Magic Mike XXL rules and is magical? Yeah. Was it like where they made the movie people thought the first one was? No, I think it felt more like Tom Six thought he was hot shit and could do whatever he wanted. So basically just push push the boundaries to like a super uncomfortable and somewhat offensive way. There's a baby scene in that movie that is seared in my brain for life and I wish it wasn't there. Like, I wish I could unsee that movie. That's how strongly I feel against it. Wow. Yeah, um, I, don't, well, I don't say that very often. I have to, like, I feel backtracked because I don't feel that way about Wrong Turn 2. Like, Wrong, Wrong Turn 2 is fine and fine. Yeah. directed by Joe Lynch. It has some style. Like, all right, I'm not putting it up on that level. Yeah. There aren't many movies on that level for me, but uh, <laughs> that one is firmly there. All right. So that took us to the 26th. Now we're going to the Queen of Black Magic on the 28th. This is another Shutter release. And this one caught my eye because of the, the folks involved and because of the trailer. Comes from the screenwriter of Impetigore and Satan's Slaves. And right. it's from the director of Headshot. And I think you can get a sense of that in the trailer. It is... Uh, Like, shit just looks nuts in it. (laughs) It looks brutal. For anyone who doesn't know what it is, it's about a middle-class family who travels into into rural Indonesia to visit the terminally ill director of the orphanage where the father was raised as a child. Sinister and terrifying events soon befall them and other other visiting families as the orphanage's dark history reveal itself. I don't think I read that properly, but hopefully you get the point. (laughs) It is, like, I feel like you can get a sense of how those terrifying how terrifying those events events are just from the trailer alone there's some uh there's some really intense imagery in that and it looks like it's real well shot but also uh mighty freaky i'm well we already said this but like i kind of trust the shutter curation so i'm definitely immediately interested but i think like satan's slaves this one is a a remake of an older horror movie from the 80s i think so that's a that's of interest to me too that this this uh screenwriter has like taken that approach twice to these these maybe beloved but underseen horror movies you are right looks like a 1981 movie 
Yeah. Uh, I that I had not seen. So uh, well done bringing them to my attention because I also had not seen Satan Slays until that remake was made. Although this one does have a slightly different description. I'm assuming you're right. Maybe I'm wrong. The, so according to IMDb, the Queen of Black Magic that was released in 1981, a woman is accused of being a witch and thrown to her death over a cliff. A strange nurses her back to health and is told that she must master black magic in order to exact vengeance on her tormentors. Hmm. All right. Um, yep. I think that I am 100% wrong. Or there's fancy footwork here. But either way, I'm going to watch them both. There might be some sort of connection given what I what I saw in the trailer. <laughs> I don't we, know. We have not seen this movie or that other one. So I, I, I feel like, full disclosure, I'm much more prepared for some of the bigger releases on this list, but uh always having shutter on my radar and giving them a shot. I just done my homework. All right, where are we at? End of January, the 29th. The Funeral Home? I think this was another one that I assumed you had seen because it had a, uh, a festival tag on it. Yeah, no, I haven't seen this one. Um, so what is going to happen with this list and that you guys will notice at home is there are a lot of really small titles in the first two months or, you know, smaller indie titles, festival movies and stuff like that. And then nothing but the major titles because all uh, all those films are released <laughs> in advance or announced in advance, whereas these are announced very uh, short ahead of time, which means we don't know as much about them. It is really interesting the way that this list is structured. Yeah, you're, you're going to be like, I haven't heard of any of these. Wait, now I've heard of all of them. I I did. Uh, I think that that's one trailer that I did watch and it looks like the only note that I made about it was meh <laughs> <laughs> for what that's worth guys. Okay. That takes us into February, February 5th, specifically for the reckoning. All right. So that's Neil Marshall's new movie, right? Uh, did not see it at Fantasia because it was a geo locked premiere. I believe, or yes, there was geolocking and no press screener. Ha ha, I do have something resembling a memory. But it did not get phenomenal reviews. I will tell you that at all. I think I watched the wrong trailer <laughs> for, a different, for a different reckoning. We're off to such a phenomenal story. Is there not another Reckoning movie with with Sam Trammell in it? Maybe. I, I, like that. I, watched, I watched a trailer for a movie called Reckoning, and he's in it. Hmm. Oh, it's a TV show? <laughs> Shit. Things are going great at the Witching Hour. We are thriving. And I thought I was being so diligent no, about writing too. All right. Well, trust trust uh, what Haley has to say on that matter because I'm aware of a completely different project. Should we go to February 9th? Hmm? Should we go to February 9th? I I don't think we have anything of value to say. About okay, the we're going to that. We're we're skipping to Oh, well we kind of talked about this one February 26th of the vigil. Oh, yeah, we talked about that uh, recently. Oh, and I did want to bring up February 9th, uh, Seder, 
because we, I think we premiered, I think Vinny premiered that trailer on Collider. And it looks kind of cool. It looks pretty spooky. It's from the folks at Yellow Veil Pictures, who I like very much, and they always make interesting stuff. Um, and I think it, it like incorporates <clears throat> voiceover work that is from real life. I don't believe anything's ever from real life in movies, so like I'm I'm skeptical to say that for real. But it it has a vibe. It has kind of a the witch vibe, and it has a super ooky spooky uh, narration going on. And then there's this shot at the end of the trailer of like the the woman just kind of I don't know makes this little chuckle, and I found it very unnerving. So I don't I wanted to bring that one up that. That little final shot of the trailer kind of got me. Well, now I got to watch the trailer. Yeah. Especially if we premiered it. <laughs> so wait, where did where did that leave us now? Oh, the vigil. The vigil. You know, we. Why did we recently talk about the visual visual for like an extended period of time? Like oh, there was a trailer just like, right. looked up the uh, the the Hebrew pronunciation of certain words. <laughs> I think it was the because the trailer launched. Uh, okay. Okay. Oh, God, I wish I could remember the word we looked up. Shomer? Hey, look at you. I remembered some things. Yeah. But I, I feel like the vigil has been on my radar for a real long time now. Because didn't it have its festival premiere a while ago? Uh, that sounds likely. to. I also feel that I have been hearing about this one for a really long time. I think it had a real healthy festival run which who knows that could put it in a good position right now yeah it looked like yeah. it had its um its premiere at tiff in late 2019 that's like that, that is like a, that ago, a but, festival run no yeah. but film festivals that actually is that's really a long time i feel like it's not that long ago but in the world that we're in now it feels like it was forever ago 2019 is several decades ago, Perry. What are you talking about? That is at least three decades. See, but that's the same uh, year that Sea Fever premiered at TIFF. And I feel so much closer to Sea Fever than I do to when The Vigil premiered. Well, that's interesting. Isn't I, I, it might have had something to do with covering one, but not the other? Maybe. I don't know. And, and, and Sea Fever actually came out. Right, right. We might be overlooking a very key element here. Don't don't worry. Soon the visual will feel very present again. All right, we're into the big the big ones now. You ready for this? All right, here we go. Morbius. Morbius is coming out on March nineteenth. I what? In theory. Oh, I'm in theory. Sure. I thought you said January, and I'm like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, in theory. I mean, that's you know, that's probably one of our first big question marks on yeah. the list because I don't know. I'm still, I'm still betting they're going to push this. That feels, that feels too soon. I know we don't, we don't have a concrete timetable regarding the vaccine, but none of the, uh, none of the theories that I've heard in that department suggest mass uh, distribution by, by Marley Spring. <laughs> so I, I, I am imagining this is going to get pushed, but one way or the other, I am very much looking forward to seeing it because Jared Leto is always an interesting individual to watch on screen. I'm interested in seeing what Daniel Espinosa, the director, does because I quite like Safe House and Life. I feel like Life has grown on me a lot too with rewatches. So I think he he could bring something interesting to this. I cannot claim to have rewatched Life, but I did very much enjoy Safe House, and I thought it was a little underrated. To be it honest. was underrated. <laughs> um, I know nobody likes that word anymore, but I think it fits here. 
Yeah. No one was good. No one talked about it. And I feel like it didn't get nearly the credit it deserved, but this is going to, this is just going to be an interesting one just as its own standalone story. I think as uh, as a, an origin story, I think they're saying for this character, but also the way it could, or who, I mean, who knows what the plans are for the cinematic universe that it's connected to, but the spum sea or something. What? The, isn't that universe called the Spum <laughs> Spider-Man <laughs> universe of Marvel? <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, Is that like a thing that people are actually saying out loud? <laughs> I remember that Vinny wrote it up and I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> well, this could be kind of connected because, you know, like Michael Keaton and there's things in it that that suggests where it might fall in the MCU. So I'm looking forward to seeing all that stuff through. Uh, me as well. And I just think, I don't know, the the aesthetic in the trailer is so like goofy. Uh, it feels intentionally kind of goofy. And then at, at times very um, like more monster. I don't know, like they're, they're points that it gets like real monster looking that I think looks more monstery than I was expecting. So in both directions, the seriousness and the goofy vibe, I don't think I was expecting. And I certainly wasn't expecting Adrian Toomes. I I feel like the style of the movie felt like, I mean, obviously not with subject matter, but it kept reminding me of Bloodshot. There were certain shots in it that had a, that, that I feel like were reminiscent of things that I just saw in Bloodshot. Like I could have played the trailer side by side and it would have looked like they would have gone together. That's very interesting. I don't know. It's also another movie that is goofier than I thought it would be. I quite enjoyed it though. Yeah, me too. Can you spell Spumsy, please? Okay, maybe I... <laughs> As I I'm going to hate myself so much if I'm wrong about this. S P U M. C. Oh, I remember when this was a thing. Now, now, like, I feel like I needed to look at it. So, are we talking? Are we talking Sony Pictures Universe of Universe of Marvel Cinema? Like, what does it mean? Marvel characters. Marvel characters. <laughs> yeah, I didn't make it up. Spumsy. <laughs> Wait, it's not working. <laughs> Uh, see, I don't tell lies. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's like a thing. It's got its own uh, Wikipedia page. It does not have the ring of MCU quite. Yeah. Spumsy. <laughs> I'm going to find ways to bring that up any which way I can now. I'm sure they're like, it's SPUMC. Absolutely not. It's Spumsy. Uh, do we have to move on to the next thing? Can we t- keep talking about Spumsy? Take a shot every time we say Spumsy. Please do. All right. We're going into April now. We're doing a big leap, actually, almost like pretty much a month. We're going to April 23rd, which is when A Quiet Place 2 and Last Night in Soho are both scheduled to come out. Man, I'm going to feel bad if A Quiet Place Part 2 gets pushed again. I'm going to feel bad because, like, I feel I I truly do. Like, my heart hurts for everybody that poured a lot of time and energy and passion into any film that keeps getting pushed and pushed, but in particular for them, because they were on the cusp of release and I feel like they were getting that buildup of good buzz with the, uh, the social reactions getting out there, starting to do press. And then it's kind of like the rug is pulled out from under you. There aren't 
Well, I was going to say there aren't many. I don't think there are any other films I can think of in the position where it had already screened for press. Mulan. But has not been released. Yeah. And, and that includes internationally, which would knock out St. Maud. I know one. Hmm. I'm not going to say it, but I know <laughs> one. Okay. You, we saw it together. Oh, right. Gotcha. Yep. Fair enough. <laughs> that'll yeah that'll have its time yeah i guess so um but a quiet place per two i i mean i can't really say too much about it i've seen it i was allowed to tweet my uh my short social reaction so you guys are allowed to know that i really liked it but i can't go into much and I didn't see it, and I have signed no embargo, so I can say that literally everyone I talked to said it was awesome. <laughs> what Haley said. Yeah, I mean, I, I've talked to so many people about it, and the general consensus was very much a consensus. All right, Last Night in Soho. I mean, it's an Edgar Wright movie. I'm not that excited for it. Who has the time? <laughs> and the worst liar? Like, I can't even say something like that as a joke. Um, well, I didn't really like Baby Driver that much, so I can say it. But I, I will probably love this one. And that like Baby Driver is an anomaly. All right. I like Baby Driver quite a bit. And I just I love the cast for this. Like, Thomas and Mackenzie, Annie Taylor-Joy. This just sounds... Like the greatest. And for anybody out there who doesn't know what it's about, a young girl passionate about fashion design is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s where she encounters her idol, a dazzling wannabe singer. But 1960s London is not what it seems. And time seems to fall apart with shady consequences. I just I don't like I don't know why this makes no sense, but that description feels like it really suits Edgar Wright's sensibilities. Like I can I can immediately take his style and add it to that synopsis and not understand anything, but also get a good sense of what's coming our way at the same time. Yeah. What she said. Uh, No, I think it looks cool. They just released another image, which is like, we've only got a couple images really um, that obviously he doesn't really make bad looking movies, but I do think that this one looks especially kind of stylized and dare I say groovy given the time period. Um, I'm trying to find this little piece of information about it, but I can't find it. I'll save it for another episode because I don't, I'll I'll be looking forever. Um, I'm pretty sure that like Anya Taylor Joy's character is obsessed with a book that a friend of mine wrote. So I do want to shout that out at some point. I can't find it right now. That's cool. Yeah. Very cool. And it's a book about that time period. So I will say too. I saw that new image they released and it's it's eye-catching. I feel like that first image though, the one of Thomas and Mackenzie is like the kind of image that's burned in your brain and I'll forever associate that image with this movie. Right. It's like you know when you're when you're picking images to include in an article and you want to go for the one that very quickly brings someone into that movie, it's always going to be that image. There's something about that that's very striking. That makes sense to me. Wow, I and like- it's been our only like image from the film for so long. I know but- it's probably part of it, but I I do feel like separate from that, that is still like a very interestingly composed image. All right, are we going? We're going into April already. Um, I'm sorry, May. 
Oh, wow. wait. There one more thing I wanted to say about last night in Soho. Um, maybe I am losing my mind. That's a guaranteed. Are you guys aware of the kind of week we've had? <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, this was, he said in Empire, I've always liked films which have a slow burn into something else. And a lot of my movies have that feeling. Anyway, that, that phrase, slow burn into something else, really describes a lot of my favorite movies that start in one genre and end up somewhere else. So that made me very excited. That's it. I will take it. All right, May. I think I think we're both going to be very happy with May, should May go as planned. May is Godzilla versus Kong and also Spiral from the Book of Saw. Which are you more excited for? <laughs> and then you're supposed to ask me the same question. <laughs> yeah. Well, my little friend guy has something to say about that. Who's that? Who's that? Um, I just want to address that there was absolute chaos in the work slack with a an alarming amount of people talking shit on Godzilla movies as a whole. Not just like the ones they don't like. Like the entire spectrum of Godzilla. There was shit talking on Godzilla as a creature. Absolutely not in my house. This will not be tolerated. Uh, no. When someone uh, says anything negative about Scream. Like if... I- if that had been the case, I would have swooped right in. No, thankfully I had Vinny there to be like, okay, you guys hear yourselves? Sound ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, I'm obviously very excited. And I, Adam Wingard does not always hit it out of the park for me, but when he does, boy, does he. So I'm he doesn't sorry. always hit it out of the park for me, but he is one of those directors that I think always hits a certain bar. Yeah, I have no investment in that whole Death Note thing. I just didn't really, like, get anything from that movie. I, I mean, I wasn't nearly as invested as as a hardcore fan out there. I did watch some before, like, purposely before seeing the movie just to get a sense. And, you know, I can see that that movie pales in comparison to the source material. But I still think that movie was, you know, just entertaining and intriguing enough. You're, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that probably the level of animus towards it is tied into how beloved that original source material is. Um, But I like, I don't know, I I wouldn't say that I defend Blair Witch, but I kind of defend Blair Witch. Witch. (laughs) It's totally fine. It's an entertaining film. I don't even think that's fine. I, I thought it was pretty good and it didn't. I think that's one that doesn't get the credit it deserves. That's fair. There's a, there's a couple sequence. There's a couple se- scare sequences in that that I thought were really well done. I just wish they hadn't done the marketing thing they did. It backfired so hard. Yeah, like I still. I mean, there's there was such a select, like few people that really got to experience that, and I think that put a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. And I understand why. Yeah, like, it was the coolest thing being there for, uh, for Comic Con. And like we went into the theater, what was it called before? The Woods. What? We went into the theater and there were Woods posters everywhere and a big standee. And then after it was done and we came out, everything was Blair Witch. Okay. And you know how you kind of like get swallowed up by the forest in a Blair Witch movie? It, it kind of like echoed that feeling and it made the whole thing a cool experience in addition to being a movie that I really liked. That's cool. Yeah, but but the thing is, it's only cool for a few people because once the news is out there, nobody gets to experience that on the spot. And I think I would give, I think I would give back my cool experience for more people to have had that surprise. 
and correct me if I'm wrong, and I usually am, uh, was Wingard coming off of the guest with that? I'm looking it up. Uh, I think he was. Um, he yeah. was. And so I think that also something that really rubbed people the wrong way who did not have your cool experience was like, we were really looking forward to a new original film from the duo who made The Guest, and it turned out to be another horror remake when it was like, wow, well, okay. I understand that too, but I still think it was a solid horror remake. But oh, totally. This all started with me saying I, I kind of defend that movie. Yeah. For uh, for Godzilla versus Kong, though, you know, I'm I'm into it. I'm always gonna want to see the next. Also, because they they happen to line up directors that I really like from film to film. But yeah, I I liked the last movie. Like I yeah. I had I had enough fun with it, but it wasn't great. No, and but I, I, I also like can't ever. I don't know. With that ending, I'm never going to be able to not appreciate the fun, monster-loving spirit of that movie. Yeah. I just, I feel like the the general response to it is also taking away from my excitement a little. And, and I'm, I'm not even just talking about, like, whether or not people who went to the movies actually liked it. Like, even just the, the response from the business end of it the fact that like the movie didn't do as well. And we're, we're basically seeing a, like a, a big gigantic monstrous franchise die right before our eyes because they had already made this movie or they yeah. were making it when that one came out and didn't do well. And I know I shouldn't let that happen, but it, but it soured my excitement a little for this. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna judge this movie based on how that movie did. I'm just talking about anticipation levels here. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I felt the effects of that, which I, I can't remember another time that that happened. That's interesting. And I agree that it is sort of like a, it's almost like getting too invested in a Netflix show at this point. Why? Why bother? You're just going to cancel it. It's like, why get invested in Kong versus Godzilla when I know no. that's kind of the end? I, um, that, that might be it, is that the business and the money side of it basically gives something a dead end. And once right. something is a dead end, you're not going to want to, like, you're not going to be as excited for that last chapter. But whatever happens with them, and and I know, and I understand why, like, people have a lot of negative feelings towards this, like, batch of new Warner Brothers legendary monster movies, but they have, bar none, some of the coolest monster shit I've ever seen in film. Like, every single one of them, including Kong Skull Island, they all have some of the coolest set pieces I've ever seen. King of the Monsters has some of my favorite, like freeze frames but also just monster action sequences in general but that's a that's another movie where i can i can vividly remember and tell you a list of certain promotional stills that they released that were just fucking stunning absolutely all right we have spiral yeah give me this movie of course See, see this makes this makes no sense because I didn't like Jigsaw. And not only did I not like Jigsaw, but I don't like much of the Saw franchise. I think the premise is genius. And I still really like one. I kind of like two. I'm the only person who seems to like five. And five, the healthcare one? It, is the health... Um, 
Ooh, now I'm messing them up. <laughs> They're very mess upable. I know. Uh, if, was, it's the either one, five, was the healthcare one five or six? I can't remember. Whatever that one is, I like it, and I think it's it's better than it gets credit for. I'm talking about the one. Let me let me clear this up. I don't clear this up. Movies Greg saw, and I don't remember. The one the one I like is definitely five. It's the one with Julie Benz. Oh my god, that's amazing! What I don't remember. I'm pretty sure that one happens before the healthcare one. Okay, well then maybe I also don't like Saw 5 and you are on your own. No, I'm probably on my own. I really want to find out if this is the healthcare one though. Why don't I just go to my own ranking and be like, get a cheat sheet to how I feel about these movies. Six is the healthcare one. Okay, well then that's what I like. I I I didn't love six, but you would think that my excitement for Spiral would be somewhat tied to how I felt about Jigsaw, which was negative, but... They did the smartest thing with that where, you know, like it feels it feels like a fresh reboot. It's like even though uh, it's bringing back a an old director, just the fact that Chris Rock of all people swooped in and decided to make another Saw movie makes it feel like something completely different. <laughs> I, I hope so, because that's also what has me excited for it. And I sure would be disappointed if it was just the exact same thing. Uh, Nobody wants the same thing ever, but especially in this case. No, and we already, it's not even like to say that that thing is bad or wrong, though I am not personally the biggest fan of it. Uh, But we already have eight of that. Like, that's plenty for me. I would like to see something more interesting done with the concept. And like the first Saw wasn't even that anyway. It wasn't about these super graphic trap scenes. We don't actually see that much in the first one. It's a really dark horror combo neo-noir, and that's interesting to me, and that makes me interested to see uh, Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson in a Saw movie. I don't. How else could that be but going back to more of the neo-noir format, I feel like? I am beyond pumped for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. June 4th brings us another one I'm very excited about, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. We've been we've been talking about this one for a while now. I am hardcore rooting for director Michael Chaves. I want to I wanna see him have uh, more success than he did with The Curse of La Llorona, which is a little bit of a disappointment for me. And I think he could do it with this one because I think that that movie suffered from script issues more than it did from directing issues or at least in my opinion. And this idea just sounds like a real interesting thing to explore that will make it obviously feel true to, you know, the Ed and Lorraine Warren that we met from the previous two films, but with a different kind of case to it. You know, like I don't necessarily think The Devil Made Me Do It is going to be some sort of like horror courtroom drama mashup, but it might be a little, and that kind of excites me. I mean... Uh, the exorcism of Evan, Emily Rose did all right with that. Yeah, it's true. Um, like I don't. So at this point, it's like between the Conjuring films mm-hmm. and Annabelle Comes Home in particular, we have seen so many sides of the spectrum of this like haunted play box, so to speak, that the history of the Warrens has. Uh, so why not go to court? We really haven't done that yet. And in it, 
it sounds like the potential to be a little more serious and grim in line with the first film. Because um, I, I don't know, when I think of like being in court for murder, I think of pretty dark, serious things. As opposed to, you know, Animal Comes Home is really fun. And yeah, none yeah. of it, I mean, well, I feel like the main, the main conjuring line is already, has always been like mighty dark. It is, but I also think the second one is quite silly. It just doesn't it can, always. No, it can be. It can yeah. be silly. You know, the, the singing sing, scene is a little, a little silly. There's a lot in there that just totally jarred me and threw me for a loop. But um, I believe it has the same writer as Orphan, which is one of like the best what the hell endings ever. So I'll, okay. I'll be curious to see what they do with that. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely, you know, it's a big James Wan leaves behind some big shoes to fill. So that's a it's a massive point of interest I guess is what I'm trying to say like from so many different angles I don't quite know what to expect from this installment in a very well-established franchise all right next up here another well-established franchise mm. June 11th Ghostbusters Afterlife yeah I debated even including this in the brainstorming because nothing about it looks horror-y at all is that what the question mark signify <laughs> <laughs> I no, I figured. I kind of knew where your head was at with this one, yeah. but you know, one way or the other, it's worth a mention. And I, I would say the you know, even though they're heavy on the comedy, they they do have a, a genre vibe to it by being ghost movies. That's uh, the first one. Definitely dabbles in horror comedy territory, so that's why I included it. And I hope that we get that here. Yeah. Uh, but if all we get is a comedy with one of the most damn charming casts I've ever seen in my life, that oh. works too. I'm very, I'm very much here for this cast. I mean, this was, you know, I'm nervous, just like anybody else would be out there when they're bringing back a popular franchise. And, you know, also with the the little wrinkle that is the uh, 2016 release, that was the right year. And just, you know, the divisive nature of that movie. So I think that puts uh, a lot of weight on this one's shoulders. And I'm curious to see how this one is received after all that. Me too. All right. I don't really want to talk about this next one, if I'm being honest, but we will. Ah. <laughs> yeah. July 9th. Yeah. The, the Forever Purge. Um, probably not so fun to watch right now. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I guess I can. I, I probably could say that I, I might be hesitant to see it at all. Oh, right. And because the first purge upset you quite a bit, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I definitely think that as the, the purge franchise has continued on, I've had a very difficult time separating their fiction from our reality. And, you know, that's not necessarily judging the quality of the movie. I believe I, I said when the first purge came out, I, I thought it was fairly well done. I, I just I didn't like it. It, it bothered me. And it probably bothered me for the reasons intended. But for that reason, you know, I'm, I might wait and see what the state of the world is and how I'm feeling about it all and then decide whether or not I'm going to jump into the forever purge. Uh, I don't blame you. And I got to say, Super wasn't into them releasing that image the yeah. day after our national trauma. It was like, that's not cute. That doesn't not make me want to see your movie. doesn't make me feel good. Uh, and I don't want to, like, judge a piece of you know, filmic art by the marketing campaign, but woof guys. Yeah. 
and it's it it has a July release date. That well, they always do. That couldn't have been necessary. Well, I think that's kind of been their thing as they come out on July Fourth week weekends. No, no, no. Yeah, I I just mean that it's coming it's coming out so far down the line that what like why did oh. they release that image at all? Like Thank you easily could have waited waited a month and actually probably have benefited from that. I would say yes, because my instant reaction was absolutely not. Yeah. Um, that was mine, too. And I have a feeling it will be for a little while, at least. July 30th? Yeah. Green night. I'm just so curious about this one. <laughs> I mean, the curiosity factor is outrageous. We're all hungry for a new A24 movie, I feel like. Um, we're, we're, what, what is, the, what is this? <laughs> what is this going to be? I don't know that. I mean, that's exactly like sign me up for something that I can't quite figure out. David Lowry doing a Arthurian horror-ish graphic that's- nudity A24 movie. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like his, his involvement in this. It, 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 like this is another this is the opposite like what did I bring this up for earlier in the episode where just because someone oh it was Edgar Wright I feel like David Lowry has the opposite effect on me that Edgar Wright does but, but both in good ways where anytime Edgar Wright I can bathe Edgar Wright's style over a synopsis I feel like I can, can somewhat form a picture in my head whereas right. it's the opposite and I can't do that with Lowry but that's what excites me about his work yeah, I couldn't agree more. And this is all just so, I mean, every, it, it's like the weirdest wild path to try to process all the elements of this film. And Dev Patel's always great too. He is so good. I hope more people out there uh, wind up seeing uh, his David Copperfield movie because it's good. He's real charming in it. And it feels like it just came and went and nobody saw it. And I'm also like, just, so I'm super ready to get obsessed with something Arthurian again. Like, you know, Curse didn't really hit that spot for mm-hmm. me, but it totally rekindled all my obsession with that lore. I broke out the old Mallory book, was reading the passages, reminding myself, man, this was a messed up story. Uh, and I just, I want, I want to get super hype about that mythology again. All right. August 13th brings us to Don't Breathe 2. Um, I don't care. I don't care. Is is that weird that I love the first one so much and I don't care? Like I feel like with a with a sequel to a film that did really well and was well received, they're finding like bizarre ways to hype it up. Like they're not they're not playing into the hype factor the right way, and it's turning me off. <laughs> I didn't even really like the first one very much, so I genuinely don't care. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just, I don't think uh, it's, I mean, it's definitely not the same. T- it's not a Fede Alvarez movie, so that diminished some of my interest. You don't have anybody but Stephen Lang returning. And, you know, given where that first movie ends up, that diminishes some of my interest. I mean, Fede's on as a producer, and I think some of the producerial team is still the same, but I don't know. I do, I do really think that that some of my disinterest comes from it not following that traditional path of, you know, like little news tidbit released and we cover it. It just feels like nobody cares. And that's ruining my excitement. (laughs) Maybe they haven't really like 
ramped up their process yet especially that makes sense to me because nobody knows what like releases have have or will be for the last year I guess it just it feels like this one popped up out of nowhere. Like I feel like the one of the first reports that I remember seeing was was something to the effect of surprise, Don't Breathe Two has been filmed. And oh, didn't they just pull that with their uh, Texas Chainsaw Two. That might have been a very similar thing, and yeah. I don't know. I just I have no interest. <laughs> it's real sad. Um, this next one doesn't though. August twenty seventh is Candyman. Give yeah. me the movie. And and this this is the zone where I'm hopeful that, you know, maybe we won't be back in theaters full force. But I do think that uh, an August date is probably the smarter one to carve out right now. That is not I'm not going to say out of pocket. That's not happening. Like I, I there's a possibility. Yeah. Like I do. I, I actually think there's a real possibility that like Candyman could be the beginning of it. You know, like the first movie that feels like a real a real return. But we, I was just talking about this with a friend, and we kind of clocked August as like a realistic time frame for that. As I well, good. I feel good about that because I, th- I think that, I think that 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 sentiment will work in the movie's favor. I also, I just have a real good feeling that this movie is good too, so that's going to work in its favor. And also, if you want to, you know, go back to the the box office prediction game we played in the before times. This, this could be a very promising zone for a genre release. So, you know, there's three pluses right there. Next up. Mm-hmm. September 9th, we're getting a new Resident Evil movie. I'm going with in theory again here. Have they even started filming? I don't know. I, think, I feel like a mystery, maybe. Hold on. I can tell you. I can tell you what's up with this one. Please do. Um, I mean, one way or the other, though, I... Uh, I feel like this is one of those ones where I have no faith in it, but I'll see it anyway because I've seen all the movies in this franchise. I, you know, I just went on a little yeah. about how I feel about those when I reviewed the the new box set, but I'm definitely going to watch it. There's no denying I'm going to watch this. They filmed, they're in post-production. Um, it looks Ooh. like they filmed, uh, they just filmed. Wow. Um, filmed according to... Uh, what I'm looking at right now, October 19th, 2020, and post-production was in end of December. So sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I kind of like the cast, too. I like uh, Kaya Scottelario. I feel like she needs uh, she needs to get more, more crawls in her life yeah. and less Pirates of the Caribbean, even though I thought that was mildly entertaining. And Hannah John Kamen from Ant-Man and the Wasp is in it, so... Tom Hopper's in it. I'm, I'm into it. You will have a, a giant man. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of excited. And as much as I do like the existing Resident Evil franchise, it really never did live up to the game. So I would like to hopefully see something that is more like genuinely scary. That you never cool. know. Yeah. See, and I feel, I feel like that that alone makes it worth a shot. You know, like it it does feel like there's more to mine there. And so just because the last run of the film franchise didn't do it for me in the end, like why, why would you stop it from at least trying again to tap into what the games had? Yeah. And the filmmaker um, has been a bit hit or hit and miss for me, Johannes Roberts, but 
I've I've rarely been so undone by a movie as Forty Seven Meters Down. So I will never, never discount his ability to completely destroy me. I do quite like that movie. Um, do we want to hit uh, September twenty fourth? I think we do. All right, September twenty fourth is Dark Harvest. Oh, it's Dark Harvest. <laughs> what just happened? I like completely forgot what that was. I uh, tis a day, um, tis a day, tis a week, tis a, week. Tis a year alive. Um, right. Yeah, it's new movie, Dark Harvest. Um, I like David Slade. I like what he does. I like mean, David Slade too. And he doesn't like the David Slade Twilight movie. Yeah, uh, it's a beautiful film, just not a very good one. Um, that's not his fault entirely. I've read that book, but I do, I do love his visual stylings. I think that, you know, if you have mistakenly written him off as a Twilight director, you should do yourself a favor and undo that learning and watch his other stuff. Um, because that man can frame one hell of a shot. And, uh, you know, obviously Hard Candy is one of the gnarliest movies I've ever seen. I'm super go to bat for 30 Days of Night. Any opportunity I get the chance. Who doesn't love Hannibal? Of course I'm excited. For anyone who doesn't know what this is, it's an adaptation of a horror novel by the same name. And this has no description of it here. Dark Harvest is set on Halloween in 1963. It centers around the October Boy, a.k.a. Old Hacksaw Face, a.k.a. Sawtooth Jack. Whatever the name, everybody in this small Midwestern town knows who he is. He rises from the cornfields every Halloween, a butcher knife in his hand, and makes his way toward the town where gangs of teenage boys eagerly await their chance to confront the legendary nightmare. This sounds cool as shit. And as you're reading it, I'm staring at, at an image, which I imagine is is artwork from uh, from the the novel. And oh, this could be this could be badass. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. All right, we're into it. Oh, big one! October fifteenth, Halloween Kills. It's about time. <laughs> I got I got high hopes. You know how I feel about the 2018 release because yeah. I love that 2018 movie so so much. This is another one that I'm rolling into with a whole lot of skepticism. I just I I know Michael Myers has to return. I just don't want his return to take away from my love and the stakes of that first movie. I think there's a way that they could continue the story without doing that, but I think that's a big challenge and I guess if if anyone's up for it, it's David Gordon Green and that team because they pulled it off once. I'm hopeful they can do it again. I'm, I really haven't thought about this until just now. I'm like, are they going to put someone else in the mask for real? I don't know. I could see it. Cause like the way Jamie has been talking about the themes of the film and like the sort of like the nature of violence and media. And that, that would, I guess, I don't think anyone would like that, but it would allow that ending of the first film to, or, you know, that first film in this trilogy to hold up. You know, my knee-jerk reaction to that is, I wouldn't like it, then it's not Michael Myers anymore. But, you know, I'm not going to say there's no way they could write that successfully and make it work. I mean, it's it's. I guess that's my, here. that's my new theory that I just came yeah. up with on the spot, putting no no thought into it whatsoever. It's, you know, it's... I like it's possible. 
I feel I feel like they won't do it though. Well, and there was all that doctor stuff in the first one that could have been like sort of sowing the seed for something like that. I don't know. I don't know. But I also feel like all that stuff was like what people did not like in that one. I feel I feel like they're not going to do that because what I'm getting from this new movie is it's going to be more about how the other returnees from previous from uh, the first film are going to factor in. Right. And it's going to follow more of those threads. And I don't think there would be time to do both things. <laughs> Unless maybe they they leave what you're explaining as a mystery in the next film and then ends is the reveal that maybe it was someone else for a period of time. That'd be funny. I mean, they've already done that in the franchise, but yeah. so not. there's precedent. So then then for, for this trilogy, folks won't get mad until one more film. Exactly. <laughs> All right. That is the very last movie that we have with a confirmed date. Should I just read this list? I feel like we just, yeah. So the other ones that we have out there that aren't dated but expected for 2021 is Run, Sweetheart, Run. There's Someone Inside Your House. Good title. Escape Room 2, which is hands down one of my most anticipated movies of the year. St. Maud, which we've both already seen and loved. Army of the Dead. Malignant from James Wanye. And The Power. And I think technically that that uh, Texas Chainsaw is supposed to come out this year too. But uh, right. again, so mysterious. Um, I'll just add that I saw and didn't like Run, Sweetheart, Run. And I can't wait until we can have a spoiler conversation so I can go all in on certain things. I have seen some reviews. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to get into specifics here, but I did not care for it much. But St. Right. Maud rules, man. That movie. St. Maud rules. And while you're at it, go watch the first Escape Room and prep for that sequel because that movie rules too. All right. We got to take off. Haley, we did it. We, we survived this episode. We survived another day. We survived this week. One more day. One more week. Uh, coming out of it smiling <laughs> to an extent. Oh. Yeah. Thank you for being here and for always taking my mind off the challenging things and bringing it back into our happy horror zone. I'm terrible at that stuff. I just do my best. It's better if I like give it fire up top, but I also have done little <laughs> Nobody cares. We have to go. It's kind of nice though. The fire up top. I like that. All right. That's it. We're out of here. Thank you guys so much for watching this. You've officially survived the witching hour.